Welcome to episode nine of the NRL Corona Positives podcast. It's starting to feel real now. We are under a week away from the NRL's return from the coronavirus and the draw has been released. I'm Tony Salerno having a corona, the beer, not the virus, with Mitch Frugia as we look at the bright side of a game in turmoil. How are you, Mitch? Oh, I'm feeling good, Tony. Less than a week now and the footy will be back. How good is it? Very much. Cheers to that. Cheers. We want you to keep connecting with us on social media at NRL Corona Positives on Instagram and Facebook or email us at NRL Corona Positives at Gmail. The best emails will be read out live on the show. It's been about two months since we've been in lockdown. So this week I was feeling a bit flat and I wanted to something motivational to watch to really just perk me up. And Mitch... Last night, I got exactly what I was looking for. This week, I binge-watched The Last Dance. You know the doco of Michael Jordan and his championship Chicago Bulls of the 1990s? Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it, an episode or two. yet to finish it, uh, but I've heard from many people that it's uh, really, really great. It's all any sports lovers are talking about at the moment. I watched about five one-hour episodes straight the other day and finished it at the same time as everybody else because I didn't want any spoilers coming my way. So basically, having not been around in that era much, you can only marvel at the dynasty that was the Chicago Bulls who won three championships in a row, twice in the same decade, Mitch. That's six championships in 10 years. The doco really captures the characters well, especially the greatness of Michael Jordan, who was the main character in the series, and his ability to deliver clutch plays like the buzzer winner in Game 5 in the 1998 NBA Finals victory against Carl Malone and the Utah Jazz. But more than that, it gets the outrageous antics of Dennis Rodman, the skills, but the naivety and vulnerability of Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan's right-hand man, and of course, Michael Jordan, not only his drive to win, but also the way he drives the role players in his team, those that aren't as good as the... Uh, the scary talent that is Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan, but his ability to elevate those players to his level so the team could be so successful. So they are such a great team, head and shoulders above the rest, but each year, Mitch, they had to come back from some sort of adversity and win it all, which made it so special. Yeah, obviously one of the biggest dynasties um, ever in sport across the world. And I think everyone is... Um, well known that Michael Jordan is one of the most professional athletes in the world and uh, those championship winning teams were certainly hard to beat. And this reminded me of a team in the NRL because I like to draw comparisons between my movies that I watch and my shows that I watch and the NRL. This reminds me of a team in the NRL who easily has the most talented roster, even though they still they lost with the Troll Mitchell, they still have a very talented roster on paper but face an uphill battle to win three grand finals in a row. I'm talking about the Sydney Roosters. This season's like no other. There are shortened rounds. There are, it's a shortened season overall, and there's so many unknowns in terms of teams being held in certain hubs, and it's just got a very eerie feeling about this season. But more the problem for the Roosters is they're two wins behind the teams that are setting the pace. So very easily they can catch up to that. But Mitch, do they have it in them in a stop-start season, couple of wins behind? They've come off two straight grand final wins. Can they push themselves to do another? And I think that's where we'll see the true medal of the Roosters because 
the team that wins this comp, as Brisbane coach Anthony, uh, Anthony Seabold said, the team that wins this comp this year will be remembered forever, given the circumstances that they had to endure over this time. So the Roosters, if they're going to get the job done, they're going to be etched in greatness, but it's really going to be a tough mountain to climb. Yeah, it will be. I mean, especially with what they've been drawn so far. I mean, there's been a bit of criticism from Nick Politis calling it, and I think they've got put a ban on the word draw. They're calling it a TV schedule, which is pretty interesting. But being two games behind, I don't think will worry uh, Trent Robertson too much. They do have very talented roster, I think, for them. This may have helped them just speed things along. Obviously, Kyle Flanagan's a new half there, so I think he needed certainly a little bit of time to get that combination right with Kiri. The first couple of weeks, they may be a bit scrappy, um, as was the case when Cooper Cronk first moved. But I think they'll start to heat up um, right when finals come. I'm not sure if they'll go all the way, but I'm sure they'll be there and thereabouts. Yeah, that's right. That is an expectation for the Sydney Roosters. But Mitch, if they are to win three in a row... They'd be a very rare company. The last team that did that, Parramatta Eels, 1981, 1982, 1983. Thank you very much. So the Roosters have a tough match first up against the Rabbitohs, which leads nicely into my first positive for this week. So we are the NRL Corona Positives podcast, where we find the brightest moments from the greatest game of all, which is doing it tough right now. So the main positive is the NRL draw has been released. Yesterday, the NRL announced a 20-team competition and a four-week final series. Teams will be broken into hubs, depending on if they're located in Western Sydney, in the Central Coast, and other areas as well. The grand final replay between the Canberra Raiders and the Sydney Roosters will be in round 10, so in eight weeks from now. But what I really love about the draw, Mitch, is that it's stock full of rivalries. So the NRL always has a challenge of seeing which teams they want to play each other twice. And this year they've decided, let's just go with the teams that have the greatest rivalry so we can get the fans truly involved in this one. What did you make of the draw, your initial thoughts? Um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a bit of mixed feelings because on one hand, I think it's good that they have gone for this idea of rivalries, uh, but also... I'm not sure. It, there has been a lot of criticism saying that it is a, it's not a draw. It's a TV schedule, and it's it's a bit up in the air. But I think the main thing is it's good that we have 20 rounds locked in now. We have stadiums locked in now, and everything is pr- pretty much on its way to come back next week. So, I think it'll be good and good just to get the footy back. I don't think people are going to mind who their team's playing as long as they're playing. Yeah, exactly right. And we'll have a look through some of the key teams in the draws. Of course, we're going to focus on the winners because we are a positive podcast, given the coronavirus is almost behind us and we're almost back on the field. So we've crunched the numbers along with Fox Sports and determined who's got the easiest draws in the NRL when it returns. And the team who has the easiest draw, drumroll please, is the Cronulla Sharks. So looking at how the Cronulla Sharks draw is situated after round three, From round three, or when we resume, the Cronulla Sharks play games against last year's top eight only five times. So of the remaining 18 games, only five times will they meet teams who made the top eight last year. Only two teams, they'll only play two games against teams who made the top four last year. So we look at the Raiders, 
the Storm, the Roosters, and I believe the Rabbitohs clinched. The Rabbitohs, yeah. So I only played two of those teams in the last 18 rounds. Get this, Mitch. Games versus the bottom eight, 13. <laughs> so 13 of the 18 games the Cronulla Sharks will play for the rest of the year will be against teams who didn't qualify for the top eight last year. And then even better, Mitch, I've got an even better one for you. Games against the bottom four, so the four teams that finished 13, 14, 15, and 16th last year, the Sharks play eight of them. So that goes to show just how stacked the Cronulla Sharks are the big winners from this draw. Who they play twice, of course, we've got a southern derby between the St. George and the Warrior Dragons, which goes back to the rivalries point. Uh, they play the Titans twice, the Warriors twice, and the Cowboys twice. You seeing a pattern here, Mitch? Yeah. <laughs> the Sharks fans will be licking their lips. The Manly Seagulls also did quite well. They play uh, bottom eight teams 11 times, and uh, bottom four teams, they play them five times. Only... Three games against last year's top four. So they, that's essentially equivalent to one game each. The Titans as well, they need all the help they can get, Mitch. They're struggling at the moment. Yeah. So they've got nine games against last year's top eight, four against last year's top four, nine teams against bottom eight, and then five games against the bottom four. If we stick, if we skip down to the bottom, Mitch, to the teams with the harder draws... I don't think you're going to like this very much. <laughs> so we crunched the numbers again, Mitch, put all the, the data into the machine, uh, machine and churned it all out. And we found that the team with the hardest draw is the mighty West Tigers. Yeah, it is, Tony. Uh, uh, from round three, they'll play their first three matches, the Sharks, Titans, Raiders, which may not be too bad, but... It is a pretty horrible run for them. They play the Panthers twice, the Bulldogs twice, the Eels, Rabbitohs, and Knights also twice. Uh, they suffered a big loss to the Knights earlier this year. Obviously, the Rabbitohs are a really strong side, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. They have uh, 10 games against last year's top eight and five games against last year's top four, uh, obviously playing the Rabbitohs twice, um, which will make up that stat. So, yeah, it should be a difficult, difficult one for them, but... Yeah, just have to wait and see how they go. I mean, no real excuses. You just have to play who's in front of you. Yeah, exactly right. So that's the approach you've got to take. And Mitch, we sort of take the form guy out of the... Because it is such a unique situation, you've got to think that teams, some will be underdone when you play them early on. Others will be... Uh, maybe won't be as, as clinical as you thought they would be. And of course, this year's very different to last year as well. The Bulldogs, another team with a tough draw. They play last year's top eight ten times and last year's top four five times. So that means they play one of the top four contenders twice when we go around again. And the Dragons as well have had a pretty tough year. So a mixed bag for all teams, but just recapping, big wins there for the Sharks and the Manly Seagulls as well. So as you mentioned, Mitch, it is a very TV-centric draw. But it'll just go to show who really stamps themselves during this time. Because the draw is not the be-all, end-all. It'll real help determine who can get some wins in a very unique situation. It should be an interesting competition. I mean, uh, it will be shorter, so it may favour some of the other sides with 
potentially a little bit less depth than others. They may be able to uh, rotate through players and hopefully for those sides not cop as many injuries due to it being a shorter season. So it'll be really interesting, Tony. And I think you're right. Whoever wins this will be remembered for a while. They most certainly will. And Mitch, we remember quite a few things on this show. And we look back at back when the game was great, obviously with the NRL coronavirus, the game will potentially never be the same again. So it's important that in this segment, we go through and we point out back when the game was great. And this week's topic for looking back when the game was great is the greatest NRL comebacks. So we did something similar to this a couple of weeks ago, but when we did that, we weren't looking specifically, we are looking at tight finishes. This time, we're looking at teams who came from absolutely nowhere to get the job done. And Mitch, we've picked out a couple that we're going to go through during the two thousand from 2000 and beyond. I'll start first. And it's one of my favourite games of my childhood. It was the St. George Illawarra Dragons and the Manly Seagulls from back in 2004. This, this was when the likes of Trent Barrett, Lance Thompson, uh, Justin Paul, Mark Riddell were running around for the Dragons. Then we had the Stewart brothers for Manly. So it was a really good time. So back in round 25, 2004, the Seagulls raced out to a 34-10 lead with 23 minutes to go. So they were leading by four converted tries with just over a quarter of the game remaining. Nathan Blacklock started the comeback after he gathered a kick from Mark Riddell in the 56th minute. Okay, sure. 34-14 or 34-16. No worries, just consolation. Nathan Brown's men clearly took that momentum and scored four more tries. And this is what I love about it, Mitch. It was Justin Paul, their big front rower, who crossed the line for the final try before Mark Riddell slotted the conversion to give the Dragons the lead with three minutes to go. The Dragons ended up winning the game from coming down 34-10. They won the game at 36-14, up 36-34. It's, it's remarkable. That was one of the craziest games in NRL history. What about oh. yourself, Mitch? Which one did you have? Yeah, that certainly is a crazy one. And I've got another one with a 24-point turnaround. It was uh, back in 2015. Obviously, we know North Queensland uh, won that competition. But on this particular night, they were not in it at all, Tony. They were down to Parramatta 30-6. to Parramatta in control at Pertec Stadium, at the old Pertec uh, ground in Parramatta. Um, and this was to for North Queensland to win 10 in a row. Um, and they were able to come back from 30 to 6 down and seal a 36 to 30 win in the last just over 20 minutes. It was pretty stunning from the Cowboys. Jonathan Thurston obviously had an immense part and he kicked all of the goals remaining. They also had Coot lighting it up at the back and uh, one of their really big strongmen, Cooper, was able to score a hat-trick. So that was one of the greatest comebacks by the Cowboys, and it's the third biggest uh, comeback of all time. Yeah, that's right. But I've got a really good one for you too, Mitch, as well. This one's a bit more current. This one was the Cronulla Sharks versus the Sydney Roosters, round 17, 2014. This was when the Sharks had a lot of that Asada drama around their club. 
I'm pretty sure this was when those players were stood down and they had to go with very undermanned roster. They were taking on the Roosters, last year's premiers. So they travelled to Allianz Stadium and in the opening 30 minutes, Mitch, they were down 24 nil. 24-0 down in the first 30 minutes, you think, geez, boys, it's not going to be our night. Half the people in the crowd, uh, half the people tuning in would have turned off. It was, it was threatening to get really ugly. However, Wade Graham scored a try just before halftime. And you know what they say, Mitch, when you score just before halftime, you take the momentum into, with the sheds with you. So Wade Graham scores a try right on halftime. They come back out and it's a completely different Cronulla Sharp side. What followed in the second half was a Jeff Robson masterclass. How many people would have thought I would have said this on this show? Jeff Robson masterclass, which rightfully saw him score the match-winning try. Michael Gordon converted with just under a minute to go to wrap up a 30-28 victory for the Sharks over the Roosters. This one was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the year after, the Sharks would go on. Uh, sorry, the Sharks would go on two years later to win the comp. So um, pretty crazy to think all the drama they went through. Uh, but that certainly is one of the greatest comebacks. Uh, I think I've got another one, Tony. So the Penrith Panthers and the West Tigers uh, in the Tigers' first season in round 18, 2000. Uh, the Tigers were pretty much cruising, uh, leading 31-8 to eight with 23 minutes to go at the foot of the mountains. Um, and this was the Penrith Panthers' biggest comeback and helped by one of their main men, Craig Gower. And from that 31-8 uh, lead, they were able to produce four unanswered tries to take out the game, 32-31. to 31. Uh, Tries to Gower as well as a double to Tony Pulitua was all the Panthers needed to claim victory. And even more incredible, Tony, they did it all in just 14 minutes and had eight minutes left to seal the game. Well, who can forget that Chris Hicks conversion from the sideline? It wasn't too bad either. Jeez, you would have hated to be a Tigers fan on that night. But Mitch, that is all we've got time for, for our penultimate episode of this season. Yeah, make sure you follow our social channels, which are on NRL Corona Positives on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts of the podcast down below. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you very much, Tony Salerno. I'm Mitchell Ferugia. Stay safe and keep looking for the positives. We'll see you next week.